0: To another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy that was probably picked into Hufflepuff on Hogwarts Legacy, Mr. Bo Chisholm Bo. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing uh incredibly well and uh before you did that little jig there you said that I was going to be offended and I don't understand how one could could be offended by being in Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff is the best house that there is. So take that. Um I'm doing really well, Mr. probably Gryffindor, I guess. Um how that's, how are you how are you how are you doing tonight?
0: that's a thumbs up on me. Yes. Yes, I think I would be. I'm uh, I'm doing well. I'm a little under the weather tonight, so uh, we're gonna make this a pretty, pretty quick and concise episode. But uh, the weather is getting hotter here, and I don't like it. So bring back the snow.
1: Yeah, well, maybe you'll get your wish. Who knows? But we're entering that part of the season. We're entering baseball summer season weather. So
0: we, we prepare are. yourself. Yep, we are i i realize i'm gonna have to bring probably sunscreen for the all-star game it's gonna be a hot one it's gonna be warm it's gonna be warm but before we get into everything thank you again for taking time to listen to another edition of the forks down podcast if you're a returning listener welcome back if you're a new time first time listener thank you for choosing us and hopefully we're your new home for mariner's baseball talk you know bo and i are just a couple of fans that uh like to shoot the breeze about the team. And, uh, you know, I feel Bo's pretty insightful and I can be insightful at times. So, you know, hopefully, uh, you guys continue to choose us to talk about the Mariners and, uh, you know, whatever. So, um, if you haven't already, please go hit like, and subscribe on your podcast, listening apps. You'll get not notified when we, uh, drop new content, uh, new episodes. We're dropping two a week at this point. Um, just uh just a quick note for everyone. Friday's episode it drops at eight in the morning, so you can get it in before uh you know the se- the series starts on the weekend, and then we also drop one on Tuesday, usually around four. I think I'm gonna have to amend what time we uh drop that, especially when we're on the East Coast, because I noticed that uh some of the games that we were playing Boston, you know, one of the games kinda coincided with the release of the podcast. So we'll probably do a little bit better there. Everything's a little bit of trial and error, but, and then if you haven't already, go hit up our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, just search Forks Down Podcast. Uh, we'll come up. We've got a couple cool logos on there. Um, you know, I like to think that my wife and I are pretty witty when we, uh, when it comes up to, uh, you know, making up new Facebook posts, but um, you know, Go ahead and go check it out yourself. Maybe you'll find it witty too. So, Anyways, with all that being said, Bo, we actually have some Mariners notes before we get into the Boston series. And it's a big one because I've had several people ask me, when is he coming back? And it looks like Dylan Moore has officially began his rehab assignment. And I think he's in Everett. Is that what we hear?
1: Uh correct. In the starting lineup for uh <clears throat> for Everett this evening, playing shortstop. So take that however you want. Um and uh yeah, I mean hopefully I think he had a false start on his, you know, rehab assignment before. I think that was back in late April. So hopefully nothing, you know, comes bumps out of this one right. Um so uh we'll see. I don't we'll just kind of track how he does over these next couple games. I don't really know how many games it's gonna take for him to Kind of get ready because he didn't really get a spring training, as I think we've noticed noted numerous times before. So, mm-hmm. um, we'll just see. I would say maybe a couple, at least a maybe a week's worth of games. I don't know. Um, tough to gauge. Probably going to be in Everett, and then may just go to Tacoma. That might be the the order of operations there then Seattle, obviously. But uh, we'll just mm-hmm. track it and see how he goes.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. And it's good to see. Um, you know, as noted, I think we said it a couple episodes ago. It's going to be real interesting when he finally. Gets taken off the I.O. and he's he's on the team. Um, of course, we we only can look into crystal balls and guess what would happen. Um, I'm assuming Haggerty is going to get sent down. Um, that would be the biggest play, just because Caballero has been doing well. You know, he's been doing really well, and so uh, I don't see him leaving the roster right now. And Dylan Moore and Haggerty are kind of more similar. Um, you know, together, they're both utility players could play a lot of positions. And so I don't feel like we need two of them quite on the roster like we did last season. But, uh, again, it'll be interesting to see what happens.
1: Yep. I think you're, I think your pick is right. Um, Sam's had a rough go of things and probably needs, uh, probably needs to be sent down at this point. Um, but I Can't think of another one that comes to mind right now, but of course, let's all hope that Dylan Moore's rehab goes fine, and um, you know he's ready to go by you know next week and the next week or sometime in the sometime in the near future. Yep.
0: yep, yep. Um, you know, after this series, we could probably pick a couple people that could go down. You know, we uh, no, I'm just kidding. No one needs to be sent down, but, um, you know, we covered on Tuesday's episode. Uh, the first game of the three game series against the Boston Red Sox and the Mariners uh, picked up a win in that game, 10 to one. Again, go back to the last episode. If you want to listen to our thoughts on it, but George Kirby picked, you know, picked a really good game to shine in. Um, you know, we got a, a home run, two home runs from Cal. He was uh, kind of a, a um, broke a, I, I wouldn't say broke a longstanding record, but, uh, you know, did something in Fenway history that hasn't been done there in its 112 year history. So, um, you know, it was a great game. Uh, start of the week on Monday, um, Tuesday and Wednesday, not so much. Um, a lot was left to be desired. I I really thought there were two winnable games, and uh, I feel like it was probably our worst two game stretch of the season so far. So,
1: um certainly worst two game stretch um i can think of and they're kind of the blow-up games i guess you can call it that right like i'm trying to think of um kind of the other stinkers that we've had this far this season but certainly uh back to back um these are two of the worst ones that we've had Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um i think most notably the game uh would have been yesterday 517 was just uh um well it was a tough game it was a tough game to watch it was a tough game to get through um yeah but uh yeah i thought the tuesday game I, I i'm you know i'm trying to find positives in some of this right um and you'll kind of run through the stats here but um i think as the series on a whole i think cal raleigh was probably the probably the, sh- the shining star i would say through the series overall as a whole mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. uh tuesday's game seattle uh lost nine to four um, Nick Pavetta picked up the win for Boston. Luis Castillo, who, you know, start of the season was kind of a, a sure thing. You thought, you know, you know, at the start of the season when he got on the mound, he was probably going to give us a win every time. Um, he picked up the loss. He's now two for two. His line for the day, five innings pitch, six hits, seven earned with only five or seven runs with only five of those earned. Six Ks, but uh, he gave up three home runs Um, on the season, he's only given up three home runs. And then in one game, he gave up three home runs. So he basically doubled his total, you know, in one game, um, raised his ERA to over three. Um, man, it just, it was rough watching Luis the other night. It really was. Um, they seemed to, they seemed to really, uh, to pick up on his fastball and his change up and. He was leaving stuff over the plate, and it was just getting whacked.
1: Yeah, I feel like the playbook against Luis this year has just been, you know, be aggressive against him, make him beat himself a little bit, kind of get into, you know, three-ball counts, Um, but also, you know, take advantage of the fastball, right? Um, I feel like that's been... People have had more success against his fastball this year than before, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been throwing it a little bit more this year, just a little bit more than what he was last year. So I think honestly, teams are just kind of trying to get ahead of him because they know that he he can get, they can beat him that way. They can beat them that way. And yeah, I, I, I want, I don't want to say it all comes down to the fastball, but I feel like right now it's just the fastball is not clicking like it wants to for him. Right. And the batting average for the fastball is up compared to last year. The slugging percentage off the fastball is up compared to last year. And maybe some of that has to do with a little bit of a, like a minor velocity dip, even though his velocity was up in this game. Um, I just don't think he's probably, I think there's co- it's kind of a combination of maybe not putting it exactly where he wants it to with a little bit of dip in velocity, a little less spin that I think he's having right now, but I, I don't know. I'm not super concerned about Luis going forward still. I know I've said that every single time, but he's had these last a couple outings that haven't been as great. Like I feel like everything's still there. It's just, um, yeah, he had a, yeah, he's had a one bad inning before in these couple of games. I know he, I think he had two in this game, but, um, I'm still not overly concerned about him. I'm not sure how you're feeling, but, um, I think he's eventually going to kind of kind of come out of this little funk that he's in. I don't,
0: I don't know. I, I wouldn't say I'm too concerned either. I don't know what the game plan was for the Mariners going into that game because Boston's a very good fastball hitting team. And, and his fastball usage is going up, you know, he's got a great, great change up, you know, slide piece that works pretty well, you know, Um, and, and it just, you know, we saw a lot of the fastball and was getting teed up on. So I, I kind of, I mean, some of it's obviously got to go on Luis with, with how the game turned out, but some of it, you know, has to be on the, the pitching coach and, you know, the pitching staff as a whole, because it's like, you know, what was the game plan going into that? You know, you, you've got a, a team that tees off on the fastball, you know, and you've got a team that looks at the most strikes in the strike zone. You know, why, why aren't we trying something different? Um, you know, and I, and uh, Trent Blank kind of took over for pitching coach because um, he was on paternity leave um, during this series. So we saw a lot of Trent Blank and I, I think it shows that we're missing Pete Woodworth a little bit, especially in the last two games. Um, Kirby obviously is an exception cause he pitched well, but, um, you know, Castillo and, and definitely Marco and Wednesday, um, you know, got shelled a little bit, um, pitching wise, uh, later in the game, Sasedo came in, gave us an inning pitch, didn't give up anything. Seawald didn't have a great outing, gave two thirds of an inning, gave up two hits, had one run, one earned run. And then Juan 10 came in 1.1 inning pitched, uh, three hits, one run, one earned a run, 1K. Um. That's one 10s first run given up in the major leagues, but um, it certainly wasn't the worst of that day. You know, offensively the Mariners uh, kind of gave a glimmer of hope. Um, you know, the Red Sox went up for nothing and you know, they, they battled back um, again. It was only in one inning, but uh, it was with two strikes or no, with two strikes with two outs. And um Taylor Trammell hit a home run, had two RBIs. Tao came up with a big hit during that inning, had two RBIs. Um, you know, Tao, that he hit his first triple of the season. Um, so the offense gave us a little bit of a glimmer of hope, you know, and it certainly wasn't the greatest performance, but it wasn't a bad performance from the offense. You know, four runs, you know, if, if Luis Castillo's pitching well, four runs is certainly can win a ball game, you know, with Luis on the mound, he just, You know, ended up getting shelled a little bit. Um, You know, Wong had his third double. France had another double. Extended his hitting streak in this game. Uh, As we'll talk on Wednesday, he did have a hit. Extended it to, I think we're at 15 games this season. So, offensively, it wasn't certainly a bad game. You know, you can't. Four four wins should win a Luis Castillo ball game.
1: Four runs should get you there. And... Yeah, I, I feel like when you know this mirror team, you know, scores that many, and with how our pitching staff has been, that should be a winnable formula for us to win ball games with. Um, mm-hmm. It's just that sometimes those two things don't always overlap, and um, <clears throat> I, I felt like this was just a bad. These two games were a bad confluence of just like um, the pitching's been really good for a little while, and you know. Um, The pitching has been really good, I guess, for, you know, the whole staff. I know Luis has had some ups and downs, but, like, this was just a kind of a perfect storm, but just I think there was time for something to change there and some little blips to happen there. I think it was just a – it was just a bad timing, and I think on the offensive side – like we did score all those runs in that one inning. I would still say like I feel like there's still just a lot of swing and miss going on, right? Like uh Nick Pavetta's had struggles and you know, we swung and missed twelve times against him in this game, and then after the game, Nick Pavetta was, was being moved to the bullpen, right? Like the Red Sox moved him out of the rotation to the bullpen. Like
0: mm-hmm. um
1: I felt like we could have done more damage against him, I guess that's all I was saying. So um, mm-hmm. again, four runs should, probably should be able to win you a ball game with the pitching staff that we have. But, um, I felt like we probably could have done more damage, especially in that, you know, little kid ballpark that they have there in Fenway. So anyways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, team runners in scoring position, they went two for nine team left on base. They left seven on Ty France did ground into a double play. So, I mean, um, they had the runners on, they just couldn't get them around. That's kind of been the theme, especially the last couple weeks. So, um, it was a lot of the same on Wednesday's game. Um, uh 517. Uh Boston ended up taking it uh 12 to 3. Um Brian Bellow t- picked up the win, Marco Gonzalez picked up the loss. And again, uh another case where our starting pitcher gets shelled and Marco in his case only went 1.2 and gave up eight runs.
1: Yeah, it's the Marco start that um we've been worried about for quite a while um, that, you know, just kind of came at a, uh, like I said, bad time of, I think it was just we were on a run for a little while and um, Marco just didn't locate like he wanted to on his pitches, just that simple this time around, right? He's had really good command this time around. It just wasn't quite there. Um, So I think it was just a challenge for him. And I think that maybe they said there was some weather related stuff going on there and potentially but um he was also just getting hit just super hard in this game um and uh yeah it sucks because it this was the this was like a marco start that i feel like worries a lot of people right like this is kind of what we thought marco was going to give us early on the year and he hasn't given us that and now we're starting to see it and um yeah i think we can probably worry a little bit more on this one rather than with Luis's right but um nonetheless um you know, I, I wish we had had a different outcome from Marco on this day. Um, but I think that's just kind of – like I said, a confluence of time and some of this stuff was bound to happen. So how did you feel about Marco in this game? Or I guess how are you feeling about Marco maybe going forward? Maybe that's a better question.
0: Marco's, Marcos been scary, man. Uh, you know, this game, he only – he went 1.2 innings, eight hits, eight earned runs, two base on balls, two base on balls 1K. Only gave up one home run, but his – his record's not reflecting, um, kind of the other things because, you know, he's had a couple good ball games, you know, where he's still giving up three, four home- earned runs, but like, um, you know, the Mariners have been able to, you know, win it with the offense. And, um, he's, he's three and one, but he's got a six ERA. And that's, that's not great. It's not great at all. Yep. Um, with the, uh, uh, you know, with the outlook on it. I I don't know. Again, I've been rooting for Marco this whole time. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, you know? Um, but yeah, Marco's kind of scary, uh, elsewhere, uh, the, the bullpen. I mean, it didn't look great, but it wasn't bad. Uh, Trevor got went one in the third, three hits, one run, one earned run. Um, Matt Brash walked the, walked, a batter, gave up a hit, gave up a base on balls um, but ended up 2Ks, didn't give up a run so he kind of battled back pushed his ERA under 5 um, Gabe Spire Gabe Spire had a bad game, 1 inning, uh, 3 hits 3 runs, 3 earned runs and then we had a Chris Flexen sighting Chris Flexen with 3 innings, only <laughs> gave up 1 hit and um, had 1K pushed his ERA. His ERA is almost as, uh, as good as Marco's right now.
1: Oh man, they're kind of, um, they might be ended up in the same category of, of pitch use at some point too. So, um, anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, Gabe Spire having a bad game. Um, you know, Matt Brash still not looking maybe as sharp did strike out a couple, like you said, but um just felt like it was a little bit of time for things to blow up and you know you kind of hope that this is just like the game that they kind of get that, get that stuff out of their way right like just get it out for right now and then we'll kind of button it up i think as we go into hopefully as we go into Atlanta and then kind of Oakland the week after but um yeah i don't know i didn't see a lot of positive in the game there's, there's not a lot to talk about in my mind of just Things that we saw, um, I think we can probably talk. Like I said I think some of the, one of the positives. I thought Cal Raleigh started to look pretty good in this series, and Cal Raleigh mm-hmm. has, um, as to this day, is jumped up to uh, tied for the lead in F four um, on fan graphs with Jared Kelnick. So you know I think Cal, I think Cal Raleigh is kind of coming around from a little maybe of the dip that we maybe saw from him early in the season. So might be my biggest positive from the series. Um, other than that, uh, you know, Julio still, uh, you know, hitting the ball hard, but still struggling, I guess. Right. And, um, I think we can also talk about, uh, Colton Wong, um, unless there's anything else you had kind of on the last game there, but, um, you know, we can kind of dive yeah. a little bit and in, deeper into it unless there's anything else you got on that game there.
0: Yeah. Um, just finish up, finish up this game offensively. Um, Ty France did extend his hitting streak, but went one for five. Left four people on base. Uh, Cal, Jared, and Sam Haggerty all had doubles. Caballero had picked up an RBI. J-Rod picked up an RBI. Um, Haggerty, here's a a stat for you, Bo. This was Haggerty's first extra base hit in this game. We're 43 games into the season, and Sam Haggerty finally got his first extra base hit so um again that's probably the reason that he's probably gonna get sent down when Dylan Moore gets brought in um team runners in scoring position two for 15 and team left on base 12 um 12 to three is a big deficit to come back from but leaving 12 on base is that's that's a kick in the short <coughs> I mean, they only had one two three four five hits but they had a lot of base on balls. Brian Brian Bayo, I I guess it's pronounced Bayo, not Bello. Um, Brian Bayo walked um, mm-hmm. like five people in the game in, in the start. It's like we had runners on. We need to get them around, and that's been the theme of the season offensively.
1: I think it was yeah. I think twelve was. I think, I think that tied the season high, if I remember correctly, I think from, you know, not that long ago, I think we had left 12 on base in the Detroit series as well. So like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, we had the runners on, they gave us free chances to, to win that game, or I at least put more runs on the board. Maybe let's put it that way. And, um, yeah, it's just, a it's a, it's an unfortunate common theme at this point. And, um, we've seen glimpses of it. I felt like the road trip actually did go pretty well. And like, this is a really bad way for, you know, a little bit of the middle of it to kind of come with this. Right. I thought Mm -hmm. we were kind of looking, seeing some positive signs. And then this kind of came along, which is, um, which just sucks. Um, I know it's against a fairly decent team in the red Sox, but we're going to have to beat decent teams if we want to kind of make the playoffs. Right. So, um, I don't know. We'll see how the, the brave series goes. And if we're able to um, I don't think we're seeing some of the best Braves pitchers, if I remember correctly, we'll go over the series here in a little bit, but um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to offensively turn it around a little bit.
0: Yep. Yep. Um, Brave series. It's coming up. It's it's probably one of the biggest uh, series of the season um, that is not in our division just because, I feel like we pretty, we played the Braves really well. At least last season we did. And uh, the Mariners are kind of lucking out because they're not going to see Max Freed. They're not going to see Spencer Strider. Um, we, we've got the... I think <coughs> they would classify as 3, 4, and 5. Um, so, uh, first game, Bryce Miller versus Bryce Elder. Um, again, that's going to be a very... Probably Bryce's biggest test to date you know, he's pitching really well. So, um, yeah, but, uh, Bryce Miller versus Bryce Elder on Friday's game, Saturday's game, Logan Gilbert versus Charlie Morton and Sunday's game. The closer Jared, Jared, (laughs) Jared Kirby, George Kirby versus Jared Schuster. Um, three of our best pitchers coming out, you know, and, and we're looking to at least pick up two or three from the Braves.
1: I would love to get two or three. And, um, you know, I think end the end the road trip on um, a little bit of a high note, right? Um, that would be very much preferable than yep. uh, what we've seen thus far, and just kind of get us back to where we need to. So um, I'm looking forward. I want I, again Bryce Miller. I feel like is the guy to watch outside of George Kirby, right? Who's been on fire this far this season. I just want to see you know what else Bryce Miller can do, especially in it's a good lineup like the Braves.
0: Yep, yep, certainly a good lineup. And, uh, man, we're, we're catching Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, while wow, he is really, really, really hot. Um, I'm pretty sure he's hit home runs in four straight games or five straight games so far. Um, all of them have been like 400-plus with like a bunch of them going 450 feet. Um, so uh, we're catching a very hot, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. in a very, um, hot overall, uh, offense as, as we go into this series.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think some interesting notes for me, and, um, I'll pick your brain on this is that, uh, I think it was mentioned that Jose Caballero is probably going to start to get, um, just more time against righties when it comes to second base. And, um so that's a little bit of a storyline to watch in this series is that we're probably going to see more jose caballero i think we're gonna i think we're gonna run him out there and just kind of see what we got with him right Mm -hmm. um you know i think with him there was uh you know, um, we've had, he's had success thus far. He's looked pretty good thus far. Um, and I think it's probably time just to see what we have with Caballero. And, um, I think with Colton Wong and some of the struggles that we've seen, obviously, um, I think it's probably the time to do that. Um, and maybe that means Colton Wong probably gets more DH time. Um, you know, that's probably what that ends up meaning. but, um, so I'm hopeful, you know, we'll see, you know, Jose Caballero and he can kind of help, produce a little bit in this series and you know maybe try to get this job at an everyday you know try to get this job at an everyday spot that would be awesome but um we'll see we'll see if what happens and what comes out of that um especially with colton Wong probably taking a little bit of a back roll until he maybe figures it out maybe doesn't so we'll see
0: with the uh, two losses against boston the mariners dropped under 500 again um you know they're just one game under 500, so certainly looking to at least pick up two or three that'll bring us back up to 500. Um, you know it's just, just like you said, it was it was not a good way to end the Boston series, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I'm kind of hoping um, Jared Kelnick kind of breaks out of what he's going through. You know he had a very good April, May's not been so great. Obviously, we want guys like Julio. And Tay Oscar to, you know, break out of what they're going through. And I think we're seeing it with Tay Oscar a little bit. Um, but you know, Kelnick's now the one that needs to kind of break out, you know, of this little minor slump, um and continue to, you know, kind of be the Mariners catalyst offensively. So, um, I don't know. What are you what are you looking for? What's your what's your one point um you know you're you're looking for in this uh, Atlanta series?
1: Um, so I would hope Jared, um, you know, a little bit, uh, I would like to see maybe a little bit like Jared striking out his like may, I think is probably like a 31% strike rate somewhere in there. So almost like a third of his at bats. Um, so probably like to see maybe a little bit from Jared in the series, maybe a little bit more plate discipline. Like that's a little bit of what I'm looking for. Um, but, uh, I kind of feel like a little bit of a broken record I don't know how you feel, but like. I'm just, I feel like we're all just waiting for Julio to go on a tear, right? We're all just kind of Mm -hmm. waiting for it. And I, I feel like we have just been, we probably shouldn't try to predict it at this point. Um, cause I just don't know when it's going to come. I'm just hopeful that it comes sooner rather than later, but, um, I don't really know at this point. Um, so that's kind of my hope is that Julio can kind of break out of this funk that he has. I don't know if this is a series to do it, but, um, we'll see if that's the case. Um, other than that, you know, Ty France hitting the ball pretty well. So I'd love to see that kind of going. of go and keep up for the time being, um, coupled with, you know, um, three good, you know, young starting pitchers going as well. So, um, don't know if I really have one that I'm really kind of looking for, but I'm just rooting for more wins, more complete baseball and, you know, more consistency over the next, at least three games. Yep. 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 yep.
0: All right. This is the time of the part of the show that we, uh, Talk about some Mariners prospects, and i, I know Bo, you got one um, that you kind of been watching a little bit, especially since he moved to Arkansas. Tell me about him.
1: Yeah, his name is uh, Juan Mercedes, <clears throat> and he's been with the—he's uh, been with the Mariners system since 2017, <clears throat> and uh, he was signed as a—you uh, know—a teenager of the Dominican Republic. And it's kind of taken him, I think a number of years, I think to kind of get to where he is now, but he is starting to have success, um, at the, you know, most recently at the Everett level and then did get promoted to, uh, Arkansas relatively recently kind of filled a little bit of the hole that Bryce Miller was doing there. But, um, yeah, he was dominating in Arkansas. He was dominating in Everett with uh 12.8 K per nine, um, you know, ran a three, 0.43 ERA, but you know, that kind of some of the other peripheral stuff, the FIP was 2.66. The XFIP was 319. So, um, just overly solid numbers from him, um, in Everett, which did get help and get promoted. He's off to a little bit of a, maybe a slower start in Arkansas. Um, you know, we'll always make the point that that jump from <clears throat> a ball to double a is a, is a, is a big, big jump for players to take. Um, but it's just, uh, he's been really successful thus far. Um, kind of in the lower level. We'll see if he can kind of continue it at double A. Um, only twenty three years old. So, you know, I don't really think he might be on an outside chance of very much seeing him probably this year, but potentially next year. Um, but uh I always like to see the guys that we get from the Dominican, you know, because we're getting these guys when they're, you know, sixteen years old, 17 years old in a lot of cases, and he's finally having some success and it's just really good to see. Um, I think that as we You know, as the Mariners players develop through the system, it's just good to see us have these homegrown talents that end up breaking out, and you know, eventually are going to have a you know a chance
0: in the majors at some point. So uh, Juan
1: Mercedes, the guy to keep an
0: eye on. Good deal, good deal. Um, It's it's kind of good to hear you say things about other pitchers. You know, obviously, we got Emerson Hancock down there. We got Brian Wu. um, You know, two two guys doing really well, but uh, Juan Mercedes is you know, a name that I've never heard before, but it's good that we're continuing to develop, to develop pitching prospects. Um, You know, I, I feel like a very high clip at this point, you know, Um, Robbie Ray and and Luis Castillo, obviously, were were big signings and whatnot, but um, you know, we've got homegrown talent like Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, and um, Bryce Miller in it showing that something's working down there. So uh, hopefully Juan Mercedes can kind of follow in those guys' footsteps.
1: Definitely. Yep. And we're seeing the fruits of it now, right? Mariners pitching our, uh, um, you know, we're seeing Bryce Miller, we're seeing the other guys and, you know, some of these guys can be coveted in trade talks, you know, at some point as well. So it's just, uh, we have a good pipeline of these guys going and hopefully we'll continue that, um, you know, for the future.
0: Well, that's been our show today. Um, again, it was another shorter episode. You know, typically these Tuesday or uh, excuse me Friday episodes are going to be a little bit uh, quicker just because, especially since we covered Monday's game on Monday, on Tuesday's podcast. So, um, you know, uh, we will come back on Tuesday and, and have a good episode, a longer, fuller episode. Um, Bo, you got anything for the the listeners before we get out of here?
1: Nope. I think that's it for me.
0: Yep. All right. Well, for all our listeners in the Puget Sound Pacific Northwest and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down podcast. For Boochism, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys on Tuesday.